0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 9 of The Man in the Iron Mask. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain and is read by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Man in the Iron Mask by Alexandre Dumas. Chapter 9. The Tempter my prince said aramis turning in the carriage towards his companion weak creature as i am so unpretending in genius so low in the scale of intelligent beings it has never yet happened to me to converse with a man without penetrating his thoughts through that living mask which has been thrown over our mind in order to retain its expression but to-night in this darkness in the reserve which you maintain I can read nothing on your features, and something tells me that I shall have great difficulty in wresting from you a sincere declaration. I beseech you, then, not for love of me, for subjects should never weigh as anything in the balance which princes hold, but for love of yourself, to retain every syllable, every inflection which, under the present most grave circumstances, will all have a sense and value as important as any ever uttered in the world.' "'I listen,' replied the young prince, "'decidedly, without either eagerly seeking or fearing anything that you are about to say to me.' And he buried himself still deeper in the thick cushions of the carriage, trying to deprive his companion not only of the sight of him, but even of the very idea of his presence." Black was the darkness which fell wide and dense from the summits of the intertwining trees. The carriage, covered in by this prodigious roof, would not have received a particle of light, not even if a ray could have struggled through the wreaths of mist that were already rising in the avenue. "'Monseigneur,' resumed Aramis, "'you know the history of the government which to-day controls France.' the king issued from an infancy imprisoned like yours, obscure as yours, and confined as yours, only, instead of ending, like yourself, this slavery in a prison, this obscurity in solitude, these straitened circumstances in concealment, he was fain to bear all these miseries, humiliations, and distresses, in full daylight, under the pitiless sun of royalty, on an elevation flooded with light where every stain appears a blemish every glory a stain the king has suffered it rankles in his mind and he will avenge himself he will be a bad king i say not that he will pour out his people's blood like louis the eleventh or charles the ninth for he has no mortal injuries to avenge but he will devour the means and substance of his people for he has himself undergone wrongs in his own interest and money. In the first place, then, I acquit my conscience when I consider openly the merits and the faults of this great prince, and if I condemn him, my conscience absolves me. Aramis paused. It was not to listen if the silence of the forest remained undisturbed, but it was to gather up his thoughts from the very bottom of his soul, to leave the thoughts he had uttered sufficient time to eat deeply into the mind of his companion. "'All that heaven does, heaven does well,' continued the bishop of Vannes, "'And I am so persuaded of it that I have long been thankful to have been chosen depository of the secret which I have aided you to discover. To a just providence was necessary an instrument.' at once penetrating persevering and convinced to accomplish a great work i am this instrument i possess penetration perseverance conviction i govern a mysterious people who has taken for its motto the motto of god patiens quia oeternus the prince moved i divine monseigneur why you are raising your head and are surprised at the people I have under my command. You did not know you were dealing with a king? (laughs) Oh, monseigneur, king of a people very humble, much disinherited, humble because they have no force save when creeping, disinherited because never, almost never in this world, do my people reap the harvest they sow, nor eat the fruit they cultivate. They labour for an abstract idea, They heap together all the atoms of their power, to from a single man. And round this man, with the sweat of their labour, they create a misty halo, which his genius shall, in turn, render a glory gilded with the rays of all the crowns in Christendom. Such is the man you have beside you, Monseigneur. It is to tell you that he has drawn you from the abyss for a great purpose, to raise you above the powers of the earth. ABOVE HIMSELF. FOOTNOTE The Latin motto translates as He is patient because he is eternal. It is from St. Augustine. This motto was sometimes applied to the papacy, but not to the Jesuits. END OF FOOTNOTE The prince lightly touched Aramis's arm. You speak to me, he said, of that religious order whose chief you are. For me, the result of your words is, that the day you desire to hurl down the man you shall have raised, the event will be accomplished, and that you will keep under your hand your creation of yesterday.' "'Undeceive yourself, Monseigneur,' replied the bishop. "'I should not take the trouble to play this terrible game with your Royal Highness, if I had not a double interest in gaining it the day you are elevated, you are elevated forever, you will overturn the footstool as you rise, and will send it rolling so far that not even the sight of it will ever again recall to you its right to simple gratitude. Oh, monsieur! Your movement, monseigneur, arises from an excellent disposition. I thank you. Be well assured, I aspire to more than gratitude i am convinced that when arrived at the summit you will judge me still more worthy to be your friend and then monseigneur we too will do such great deeds that ages hereafter shall long speak of them tell me plainly monsieur tell me without disguise what i am today and what you aim at my being tomorrow you are the son of king louis the 13th "'Brother of Louis the Fourteenth, natural and legitimate heir to the throne of France. "'In keeping you near him, as monsieur has been kept, monsieur, your younger brother, "'the king reserved to himself the right of being legitimate sovereign. "'The doctors only could dispute his legitimacy, "'but the doctors always prefer the king who is to the king who is not. "'Providence says willed that you should be persecuted.' This persecution to-day consecrates you, King of France. You had, then, a right to reign, seeing that it is disputed. You had a right to be proclaimed, seeing that you have been concealed. And you possess royal blood, since no one has dared to shed yours, as that of your servants has been shed. Now see, then, what this providence, which you have so often accused of having in every way thwarted you, has done for you. IT HAS GIVEN YOU THE FEATURES, FIGURE, AGE, AND VOICE OF YOUR BROTHER, AND THE VERY CAUSES OF YOUR PERSECUTION ARE ABOUT TO BECOME THOSE OF YOUR TRIUMPHANT RESTORATION. TO-MORROW, AFTER TO-MORROW, FROM THE VERY FIRST, REGAL PHANTOM, LIVING SHADE OF LOUIS the Fourteenth, YOU WILL SIT UPON HIS THRONE, WHENCE THE WILL OF HEAVEN, CONFIDED IN EXECUTION TO THE ARM OF MAN, WILL HAVE HURLED HIM, WITHOUT HOPE OF RETURN. I understand, said the prince. My brother's blood will not be shed, then. You will be the sole arbiter of his fate. The secret of which they made an evil use against me? You will employ it against him. What did he do to conceal it? He concealed you. Living image of himself, you will defeat the conspiracy of Mazarin and Anne of Austria." You, my prince, will have the same interest in concealing him, who will, as a prisoner, resemble you, and as you will resemble him as a king. I fall back on what I was saying to you. Who will guard him? Who guarded you? You know this secret. You have made use of it with regard to myself. Who else knows it? The Queen Mother and Madame de Chevreuse. What will they do? Nothing, if you choose. How is that? How can they recognize you, if you act in such a manner that no one can recognize you? Tis true. But there are grave difficulties. State them, Prince. My brother is married. I cannot take my brother's wife. I will cause Spain to consent to a divorce. It is in the interest of your new policy— It is human morality. All that is really noble and really useful in this world will find its account therein. The imprisoned king will speak. To whom do you think he will speak? To the walls? You mean, by walls, the men in whom you put confidence? If need be, yes. And besides, your Royal Highness? Besides? I was going to say, that the designs of Providence do not stop on such a fair road. Every scheme of this calibre is completed by its results, like a geometrical calculation. The King, in prison, will not be for you the cause of embarrassment that you have been for the King enthroned. His soul is naturally